0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Beena 007 Movie Reviews. Over the next couple of weeks, I will be watching a lot of films showing at the BFI London Film Festival. So I'll be mixing up my reviews with current releases and films that are not yet out in the UK. I'll be trying to pair them by theme or by topic. And hopefully you'll find that interesting and have something to look out for in future months. I'm going to start off today by reviewing two films that are set in Israel and speak to its politics. The first is Golda, a film starring Helen Mirren controversially as Golda Meir, the Prime Minister of Israel during the 1973 Yom Kippur War. And then we're going back further in time to Michael Winterbottom's Superb Shoshana, which is set in 1930s Tel Aviv, when Jewish Zionists are moving back to Palestine, as it was then, and trying to establish a Jewish homeland so let's begin with Golda, a film by director Guy Nativ, which came to my attention because of all the controversy around casting Helen Mirren, because Helen Mirren does not have Jewish heritage. And the idea is that we wouldn't accept someone anymore in blackface or brownface. So why would we accept a Jewish Character being played by a non Jewish actor. I don't want to wade into that controversy today, although I do think it speaks to very profound issues of what we class as racism. And I would urge you all to read David Bedial's phenomenal book, Jews Don't Count, which touches on this issue among many others, and a book that I found profoundly, well, moving and persuasive. To review this film on its own terms, I find it to be really a surprisingly good film. It's not so much a conventional biopic as an explanation pro vita sua of Golda Meir's actions or inactions in the run up to the Yom Kippur War. Notoriously, Israel was caught napping ahead of the joint Egyptian Syrian invasion. And part of the reason for this is that the enemies of Israel decided to attack on Yom Kippur, the Jewish high holiday. And they banked on the idea that the prime minister would be reluctant to mobilize troops and disrupt such a high holiday. In fairness, there was some intelligence that came in warning of an invasion. But it feels as though from this film, Golda was really caught between the advice of two different people. Mossad chief Svi Samir, played by Rotem Kenan and Defence Minister Moshe Dayan, played by Rami Heuberger. And they're both at odds in their advice. One thinks that the invasion is going to happen. The other thinks it's just another false alarm. And so while Golda does mobilise, she doesn't follow her full instinct and order a full mobilisation. And Israeli forces are devastated. They are devastated in the early stages of this war. This is also partly because Golda does not do a first strike. She does not preemptively attack because she wants to save the face of America. And one must always remember that the Middle Eastern conflict then, and perhaps now, was a proxy war for the Cold War. And it really was the U.S., the Nixon-Kissinger U.S., versus the Soviet Union. So really, by 20, 30 minutes into this film, Israel is on its back, a third of the air force is down, and Golda has to somehow raise morale Arguably against her own ministers who look defeatist on TV, she really has to be the backbone for her nation's fight. She learns that actually this incredibly expensive intelligence system that was given to Mossad was not even switched on in the days before the attack and decides not to throw anyone under the bus, but to take responsibility. She hushes it up and she takes responsibility for that lack of preparedness on herself, which is incredibly brave. And she also has to be on the phone to the United States and beg for materiel to keep Israel in the war. And she does this in some of the most fascinating conversations with Henry Kissinger, which I think are the real charismatic heart of the film. Kissinger in this film is played by Liv Schreiber. Um, it's it's fascinating because he is such a realpolitik figure, Kissinger, but he's also a Jew. And then you have this tussle between him being the the actor in America's interests, but Golda trying to re- persuade him and remind him of what Israel does for America in the region, and also, you know, his responsibility as a Jew. So there are some really fascinating conversations to be had there. The most interesting one, because we don't get a lot of background story in this film we we have Golda as presented to us and I have to say the prosthetic work in this film is phenomenal Helen Mirren is bent over schlubby thick ankles she her face is transformed her hair is transformed this is a woman who looks physically impossible to knock down even though she's chain smoking while being treated for cancer Um, It's quite the performance. And she gets that American accent that Golda had. She lived her early years in America very accurately, too. So I think it's a good performance if you accept her in the role. But the most moving part of the film, I think, is a very short conversation between Golda and Kissinger, where she describes her childhood in Ukraine. And she talks about on Christmas Day, the Christians would come looking for Jews to beat up even unto death, and that her father would board them up in the basement of their house to try and survive this. And it's very brief, but it's very telling as to the character of Golda, and maybe of Israel itself, that when you you grow up fearing and fighting for your very existence against people who do not think you have a right to exist, it almost makes you the right woman for this job of fighting for the right to exist as a country and to have Egypt even acknowledge the fact that your state exists. I also like the fact that this film does go some way to humanise Golda and to show her as a woman and a mother. You know, there's a scene where she walks into the cabinet room and there's a woman, you know, the cabinet room is all men apart from her. And there's a woman sitting, typing, taking notes at the back, um, the secretary. And Golda just stops and says, you know, where is your son serving? There is a real sense that she feels very deeply every soldier she has lost, that she takes the tactical mistakes of the war seriously. But as she is testifying to the Agronat Commission the following year to explain what went wrong in this war, you get get the sense of a woman for whom the buck really does stop with her. She takes full accountability. We never doubt her earnestness and that she was trying to do the right thing in a very difficult situation. So this film is not hagiography, but... It does seek, I think, to take a very still controversial figure in Israeli history and give her side of the story. And I found it to be incredibly persuasive. Phenomenal performances, really well acted. Behind the lens, I really loved Guy Nativ's direction. I admire his choice not to recreate battle footage. He uses real wartime footage, which really adds something to the feeling of the stakes of the discussions undergoing in the cabinet rooms. It is a complex conflict tactically, and I always felt I knew what was going on at each stage and why it was happening. Most of all, I really love the sound direction in this film. There are a lot of times where we hear the sounds of the battlefield in Golda's emotional psychology as she's moving around her everyday life. And I think it's a really effective device to show how far it's affecting her and how far, in a sense, she has to always keep that with her because it keeps her humanity, that knowledge that real lives are at risk, but she also needs to in some way compartmentalise it so that she can get the job done. I was expecting, I think, a hagiographic TV drama of the afternoon, and this film was so much more. So I'm really interested to see what Guy Nativ does next. I think Helen Mirren, it's a shame this is so controversial because it's a really strong performance. And I would urge you, if you want to understand about the Yom Kippur War, but also the nature of what it was to be Israel in that time, and maybe even today, then I would urge you to watch it. Golda is rated PG-13 and has a running time of 100 minutes. It played Berlin 2023 and was released in the USA at the end of August. It goes on release in the UK on October 6th. The second film under consideration today is Shoshana, which is the new film by Michael Winterbottom, who does everything from Steve Coogan political satires to period pieces. And he is back with a meticulously researched, handsomely made period thriller set in Tel Aviv in the 1930s, based on real people and real history. At the time this film is set, Tel Aviv is a very new town. It's being established by Jews who are returning to what was then Palestine to try and create a Jewish homeland. The problem is, is that there are Arabs who were in place and also that it's being ruled by the British after World War I. They were handed to the Palestine territory as a mandate to rule. So there are very conflicting causes and currents occurring in this very small territory. Even within the Jewish community, there is a split between Haganah, who want to establish a Jewish state, but work with the British to do so in a patient, peaceful manner, and Irgun, which is a more militant um, organisation who are willing to use violence to get their aim. Michael Winterbottom beautifully establishes this setting. Um, I think a lot of it was filmed in Apulia in Italy. And you feel both the hope and the peril of this location. It's by the sea, it's beautifully warm, everyone looks gorgeous, the costumes are stunning. They're living this wonderful civilized lifetime with jazz bands and Cole Porter and these bourgeois discussions about political idealism and socialism. But at the same time, violence is always under the surface. And as the film progresses over its two hour runtime, it comes to the fore until all we have is violence. And that is the film's tragedy, that you cannot survive your ideals, your politics cannot survive in this kind of maelstrom. The star of the film is Irina Stashenbaum. She plays the Russian Jewish immigrant Shoshana Borochov, who really existed. She was the daughter of a political socialist Zionist who came to Tel Aviv, was very famous. At this point, he's already passed away, but she's carrying on his ideals of creating a Jewish state but that doesn't feel like the oppressive British colonial state that is not founded with violence, that is inclusive. And she's intelligent, she's beautiful, she is a socialite, she knows everybody, and she is dating a British police officer played by Douglas Booth called Wilkins. And he's also rather idealistic. He loves Tel Aviv. He's learned Hebrew. I mean, they have this wonderful life together. That said, within the first 20 minutes of this film, the British police have both hung a Jewish... Freedom fighter, they would have called him a terrorist and they have summarily shot an Arab uprising. Freedom fighter, they call him a terrorist. So this is a film where violence is always there. That violence is summarised in the character of Jeffrey Morton, again a real person who is casually racist, anti-Semitic. He's played by Harry Melling, who you might remember as playing Edgar Allan Poe in The Pale Blue Eyes. And he is brought in to police Tel Aviv and he does so in a brutal manner. There is torture, waterboarding, summary execution, one might say, although it's contested. Um, He's an absolutely brutal figure and he symbolises the worst of British colonial rule. The stakes rise in this film as we go through the 1930s and Hitler's intentions towards the Jews of Europe become clear. More and more people come into Palestine. The Arabs get more and more upset about this because they feel that the balance of demographics is shifting. The British are getting nervous because the terrorist attacks from Irgun are rising. And there's more and more debate in Haganah about whether they should join them, whether whether this peaceful patient let's work with the British attitude is ever going to pay off decades after the Balfour Declaration. The more militant side is symbolised in the real leader, Avraham Stern, played here by Ori Albi, who is really the pivotal Irgun leader and the target of the British investigation. As we go on in the film, Wilkin, the the quote-unquote good cop, gets more and more drawn in to the questionable practices of the British police. He is a witness to torture. He goes on police raids that are brutal. And the beautiful ideals of this couple are just totally subverted by the times in which they live to the point where they break up they feel that they cannot be together Jews who date the British are seen as traitors to their race it's it's just so he comes under investigation because he's dating a Jew it just feels that everything is stacked against them I find this film to be probably one of Michael Winterbottom's best. It has a patience. It has a meticulous attention to detail. The police raise the action, quote unquote, sequences are really tense and thrilling. It looks beautiful. It feels like I know these characters. It feels like I'm in this milieu when I'm watching it. It envelopes you and takes you with it. So that when you get to the final scenes, which are absolutely heartbreaking and tragic, and set us up perfectly for everything that then follows in Israeli politics and the situation we're in today. It's heartbreaking, but it feels so plausible, so true. I cannot speak highly enough for this film, actually. I think it's really fantastic. If I were to make one small criticism, it's that I think that Starshenbaum and Bam and Douglas Booth, while very good in their individual performances, I'm not sure they really have enough screen pe- chemistry to convince in their you know, earnest passion for each other. But otherwise, I think this is a phenomenal film. It, it really shows you the invidious demands put on fundamentally good people when they're caught in, in unreconcilable politics, if I put it that way. So Shoshana has a running time of 119 minutes. It played the Toronto Film Festival earlier this year. It's going to play the BFI London Film Festival. And if you're listening to this and you're near London, there are still tickets available. And hopefully it will get a US and UK commercial release on the back of that. Um, Well worth looking out for eventually when it hits streamers. With that, I hope you enjoy whatever you're watching this weekend. And thank you for listening.